right, kids, so we have a Zazzle account now. So do you remember when we did that Kentucky Meat Shower t-shirt? Mm-hmm. We have a Kentucky Meat Shower t-shirt up on our Zazzle account. That's right. And that Zazzle account is www.zazzle.com backslash Curioso Podcast. And we're going to be making sure we put that out there so you guys can see it. And we're going to continue to put some other merchandise up on it. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out and get some shirts. Because we need to keep the lights on. We need to keep that... Uh, Curioso thing curious. And we just need to keep that bandwidth flowing. So if you could buy some merchandise and uh, that'll help us pay for the bandwidth, we would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, and if your friends ask you where you got that shirt... Or what it means, tell them. Tell them about Curioso Podcast. Tell them how much you love it. Tell them how much you love me. And you like Chris. What? What? You're such a jerk. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Curiosos. When I was a teenager, I used to have a Hyundai Scoop. What a POS car. It was white. And it had a sunroof, which was the coolest thing when you're a teenager. So I used to take my sunroof out all the time, and we would drive around. And one summer night, we decided to go to a place called Seven Hills. It's just outside of Ellicott City, the awesome historic part, with all of the cool coffee joints and thrift stores and antique shops. Seven Hills, you just take this little road and you go around a very old church and eventually you pass by, I believe, an insane asylum. And I know you say that's funny, but it it really is up there, I swear. And you have these seven hills that you go over and you can really catch some air. And it's scary, man. When you're driving late at night, you turn off the lights and you fly over all seven hills Let's just say I didn't have the best suspension. But as we were coming over one hill, the very last hill, the seventh hill, all of us saw something gigantic and white with huge wings and glowing red eyes fly directly at my windshield and over top of my sunroof, making a gigantic whoosh noise. Every single one of us almost peed ourselves. It was really scary. The only thing that we could figure out was that it was a gigantic owl flying directly at my windshield. Or maybe, just maybe, it was something else. I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. All right, Chris. Welcome back. After our month-long crazy Halloween episodes. Yeah, we we're, get, we're now into November. Yeah, we get into, like, some normal stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, um, you know, and I, I think I told you this before when we were kind of talking about different episodes and things. Mm-hmm. I feel like November, to me, feels like it should be... 
all about cryptozoology mm-hmm. and like adventure. Like I just want to watch. <laughs> I just want to watch like Indiana Jones. Right. You know right. what I mean. The like Raiders of the Last Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah. I'm just feeling like adventurous and like yeah. cryptozoology. You know. Yes. <laughs> right. So we picked the Mothman. For this who? Oh wait. <laughs> who? No. <do> who? <laughs> woot woot. <laughs> no, cut that out. Hold no. On. Isn't that yeah? So that, <laughs> not the owl man. No. Oh yeah. Well, you know, nighttime moths, owls, whatever. They Let's, all go together. Yeah. Okay. It happens at night. Yeah. <laughs> the freaks come out at night. So, this episode is coming out on November thirteenth. The first reported sighting of the Mothman was November 12th, 1966, near Clendenin, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the Mothman, people have a lot of theories about what, who, and where he came from. But it's basically a crypto, cryptozoological creature who is half man, half bird, moth, Type creature, type thing. Yeah. Well, I, that those are generally the descriptions. Yes. Okay. Yes. Some people they talk about his nose looks just so, sort of like a normal nose, but it, some people say that it looks like two little slits. You okay. know, almost kind of like piggish, right? Yeah. I mean, not like the whole like just just trunk you're, of the. You're pig. talking like flattened. Yeah. Just nostril. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's weird, but nobody ever mentions its mouth. I haven't seen anything about its mouth. Yeah. There, there's. Well, most of the Mothman is shrouded in shadow, mm-hmm. so maybe they just couldn't see his mouth. But you know what? The one thing that they always talk about, mm-hmm. the glaring red eyes. Very true. So that is that is its one distinguishing feature, if yeah. anything, are the gigantic glowing red eyes that it has. So the first reported sighting was by five cemetery workers and they're basically preparing a grave site for a burial when one of them spotted something in a nearby tree and this this the description was a brown human being yeah and well <laughs> they i mean what i read they said something about it seemed like a flying man right they, that's what they saw yeah they said that it didn't appear to be a bird but the figure of a man with a bird or moth-like wings the creature then lifted off from the trees where it was spotted and flew over the men's heads yeah i mean could you just imagine like being you know dusky time sun is going down and and you're 1966 you're in a graveyard with a bunch of dudes digging a grave you know and, well, typically when I'm in a graveyard with a bunch of dudes, we're not digging dudes. graves. But, I mean, you know. What are you guys doing? Uh, I mean, you, just, well, you drinking, <laughs> usually. Right. <laughs> Looking at Elvira's skull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which in, we, we that found. Was, that was in Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it just, just seeing something off in the distance in a nearby tree that you can't really make out, you know, just... The sun's going down, and it's getting dark, and, you know, and and it's, like, shrouded by trees and stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's swooping down, you know, over your heads. Like, that would scare the crap out of most people, especially in 1966, you know? 
I mean, why specifically in 1966? They didn't have the internet. <laughs> they were just... People weren't as everybody. Everybody was walking around with jackets with patches on the elbows. Right. It was a scary time. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying they weren't dull. Their senses weren't dulled by, you know, TV, pop culture, internet. So people actually used to be afraid of things. I think people are still afraid of things, Joe. Yeah, like. But now they just go on and blog about it. <laughs> right, but they're afraid of like their internet crashing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all like Jhar. It's right. coming out of the internet. It's calling me on the phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're talking about real cryptozoological creatures here. Right. So in in those following days and weeks after that first reported sighting, you have this really strange like enigma, uh, you know, uh, of of the Mothman. Late in the evening of November 15th, two young married couples had a very strange encounter as they drove past an abandoned TNT mine near Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, this is the second encounter mm-hmm. okay, that, that people reported. And basically, they, they saw a, you know, a very large human-like creature, bigger than six feet, maybe seven feet tall, large wings folded against its back. So apparently the, the, the creature was moving towards like the plant door and the couple panicked and sped away. So they were, I guess, pulling up next to the plant. You know, it's mm-hmm. abandoned, probably going to make out or something. Well, that's that's one of the things about this plant, okay? Mm-hmm. we're, to- we're, we're, we're let's, talk, let's stop for a second and talk a little bit about the TNT area. Okay. Okay? Everybody calls this plant the TNT area. It was an actual... TNT factory. Yeah. So they made, you know, they made dynamite, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and and they made it with, you know, they used all the chemicals to, to make it. And they have these storage facilities out there, which they call igloos. They kind of remind me of when we were talking about henges, okay? Okay. They're like basically a bunkered in, you know, it, it's this... Mound? Yeah, it's a mound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, you know, something inside of it. And they call them igloos, which is, you know, a, a very... Apt for apt the shape. Word for it, yeah. yeah. So, but they keep all this ammunitions inside, okay? Right. And this is right next to the TNT factory. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, the TNT factory. You have all this place where they keep ammunition. They keep, you know, they have other people throughout the years mm. who, you know, after they kind of became abandoned, would rent these facilities okay. and just keep chemicals inside because they had a no... storage facility. As a storage facility. Right. It's kind of like, you know, like your your orange or blue box storage facility, mm-hmm. but for like hazardous chemicals. Yeah, yeah. Or so, dangerous. Dangerous chemicals. Yeah. You also have a bird sanctuary very mm-hmm. close by, okay, or a wildlife sanctuary. Yeah. So you have lots of birds that are swimming in a lot of the lakes and ponds with very toxic chemicals right next to it. Mm. So... Uh, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. But, you know, um, uh, so this was also an area because it was abandoned that people had a tendency to go mm-hmm. as kind of a lover's lane. Right. So not a Lois lane because <laughs> we're not in Metropolis. That's right. But, you know, a lover's lane or they would go there for, you know, to, to have a couple of brews off the side of the highway. So make that, out. To make out. Wander around the old facility. Mm-hmm. Do some... 1966 urban exploration, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? All, all kinds of stuff. So uh, while they were freaking out and speeding away from the, uh, the abandoned TNT mine, the plant, apparently the creature pretty much, like, it, it, it was trying to keep up with the car. 
It was yeah. Now either flying or running. They they weren't really sure. Exactly. Like, all they really saw were these glowing red eyes following them. Right. So they would catch a little glimpse here mm-hmm. or there, but it was keeping up with the pace of a of the car. A moving vehicle. Yeah. And they said that they got up to over a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. at one point, which is amazing on those back roads. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever driven around in the hills of West Virginia before, Joe. Yeah. But they are <laughs> windy. Oh, yes. Later that night, there was also another report of the creature. So another group of four eyewitnesses claimed they saw a bird three different times. Mm-hmm. You know, a birdish creature thing. It was a very, very large Creature. So at about 10.30 on that same evening, Noel Partridge, a local building contractor who lived in Salem, about 90 miles from Point Pleasant, was watching TV when the screen suddenly went dark. He stated that a weird pattern filled the screen, and then he heard a loud whining sound from outside. He said it sounded like a generator winding up. Partridge's dog, Bandit, began to howl, at the front porch, Newell went outside to see what was going on. So he walked outside, and he saw Bandit facing his hay barn that's on his property, about 150 yards from his house. Puzzled Partridge turned a flashlight in the direction and spotted, spotted two red circles that looked like eyes or bicycle reflectors. So mm-hmm. That's pretty big. I mean, that's like yeah. two, three inches. Like That's a large... Yeah, it's a large diameter. Yeah, and and to see that at 150 feet away, Mm -hmm. that's pretty large. The red orbs were certainly not an animal's eye, he believed, and the sight of them frightened him and Bandit. They were both experienced hunters. He would take the dog out, you know, hunting, as you do. But his dog, Bandit, apparently was trying to protect his owner and shot off across the lawn towards the creature, or towards the eyes, Partridge called him to stop, but the animal didn't listen. The owner turned and went back into the house with his, to get his gun, but then was too scared to go back outside. So he, he pretty much stayed inside the entire night. Now, you were talking about Newell Partridge. He is the, the guy, it was about 1030 at night, uh-huh. and he had a dog bandit. Right. Now, we were talking about the glowing red eyes and everything mm-hmm. else, and he had went to bed with the, with the gun propped up next to him. <laughs> right. Well, the next morning, he went outside and he could not find Bandit, his dog, anywhere. So his dog, Bandit, was nowhere to be found. Now, one of the reports from the TNT area, from the two teenagers mm-hmm. uh, in Point Pleasant, uh, one of the things that they said as they were driving away, they thought they had seen a carcass on the right side of the road as they were as they were driving away. Okay. And uh, Noel, Newell, excuse me, Newell. Newell. Who, whose name? Newell. I've never uh, heard that before. Oldle? Old, no. Yeah. Oldle he's, and he's, Newell. He, well, he's an old guy now, but uh, <laughs> Newell Partridge, in one of the documentaries that I had watched, which mm-hmm. is called Eyes of the Mothman, mm-hmm. he had said that he has no doubt that that was his dog. Was it a, it could have been a fox. Or it could have a, been, it could have been a deer, you know, deer, deer hit. It is West but, Virginia. But he's saying that he really feels that, you know, that, that was probably bandit. He thinks that, you know, the, that the creature had picked it up, eaten it, taken mm-hmm. it, flown that far, flown 90 miles away and had dropped it. And then he was terrorizing these teenagers that are trying to make out at, at the TNT area. <laughs> right. So that was the first reported case in Point Pleasant, okay? So coming from from 
Clendenin, Clendenin, mm-hmm. West Virginia, which is the, about I think eighty six miles away right, from what I read. Right, and then um, to the TNT plant down to Salem, ninety miles from Point Pleasant. So it's a large area. Yeah. So you'd think that Mothman gets around. Well, you're talking a creature that's over, you know, seven feet tall mm-hmm. with a wingspan double his his height. You know what I mean? Because usually most most birds, their wings are double their height. Yeah. They could really stretch them out because right. they've got the, you know, all the feathers at the end and everything too. Right. Like a condor. Mm-hmm. You know, they stand about four or five feet tall, but their wingspan is about eight or nine feet tall, you know, feet in length. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge bird. Yeah, it is. That is a big bird. bird. So within that, what, maybe 100, 150-mile radius from Salem to Point Pleasant to uh, Clendenin, that's really weird that 1966 you've got reports from these three different little areas. In three different days. Right. Mm -hmm. Then on November 16th, a press conference was held in the county courthouse where... The couple from the TNT plant sighting pretty much restated their story. The deputy, Deputy Halstead, who had known the couple pretty much all their lives, took them very seriously, never ever in any trouble. So he told investigators that he had no reason to doubt these two. And many of the reporters who were present for the recounting felt the same way because they all kind of knew each other in that small little town. So during that... That conference, a lot of the the press people were trying to, you know, give give the the creature a, a hooky name. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it's just like when we were when we did Jack the Ripper. It's the it's, entire idea that you want to give it something with a hook, right. you know, something that people are going to follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's all talk about this and let's let's name it. Let's give you know it, it's it's in our consciousness to give something a name, right? You right. know, to categorize something. So basically, the, the press dubbed the odd flying creature the Mothman after a character from the very popular Batman TV series. Now, the actual character in Batman right. is not Mothman. No, no, but the creature is similar in, in I guess, well, the, look, you know. The, the guy's name is uh, the the criminal Drury Walker, mm-hmm. or he's also has called himself Cameron Von Clear as well. <laughs> um, he's also been known as Caraxus when he actually turned into a Mothman-like creature at one point in the comics for, I think, selling a soul or something like that. But that's like in that. the comics, yes. That's in the comics. But um, basically, Mothman was a counterpoint to Batman, mm-hmm. kind of like how Batman helps out people that are helpless, helps out people that are, you know, in need. Mm-hmm. Mothman helps out criminals that are in need for money. Yeah, so he's a, he's a hired gun. He's a hired gun. Right. Yeah, that is basically he'll help out other cr- criminals. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, he, he's got all different kinds of weird little things that he can do. He's got, you know, I don't know, I think he's got a moth gun and, you <laughs> know, he can, well, he's you? got... You know, he's got a, a couple of pistols, and he can fly. You know, he's got some wings on him that he can fly or at least glide. Right. Um, but one of the the crazy things that I was hearing about, they kept on mentioning, oh, that uh, it's because of the Batman TV show. Right. Well, 
Here's the thing about the Batman TV show. Mm -hmm. The Mothman episode, which was also the first time that Batgirl was introduced. Yeah. Okay. And she defeated the Mothman with, Mm -hmm. of course, Batman's help. Right. That was a shorter episode than the normal one-hour episodes that they aired. Mm -hmm. They, they, They didn't get as much footage as they needed, so it was never aired. Hmm. So a mystery inside an enigma, if you oh, know what no. I'm saying. Wrapped in a riddle inside of a burrito. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I think it's strange that they that everyone keeps on saying it's from the TV show. Yeah. But the Mothman episode, or the Killer Moth episode, rather, wasn't wasn't aired until probably years later in syndication. It, it, yeah, it was never. It wasn't aired. It was never put out. So mm. it wasn't from the TV show. It, it had to have been from some kids mm-hmm. that were reading the comic knew about Killer Moth, right. and also probably the popularity of the TV show was spawning popularity in the comic book and back and forth. Probably. So that's how Killer Moth turned into Mothman, yeah. and, and they that's who they saw at Point Pleasant. Well, and you're also talking, you know, it is 66. There was the Batman TV show. and everything was. was. Everything was, you know, within that show, it was something man, you know? That's what I'm saying. So you have Batman... To have something that looks like a moth, just to call it Mothman, and the confusion between Batman and this other character being Killer Moth. Right. And I right. guess, technically, besides Bandit, mm-hmm. really, at that point, it hadn't killed anything. Exactly. So, unless you believe that it, it didn't kill Bandit, but, you know, mm-hmm. Newell definitely thinks he did. <laughs> yeah. So, Joe, I noticed that you have your I Survived the Kentucky Meat Shower shirt on today. <laughs> That's right. I do. So, so isn't uh, isn't West Virginia very close to Kentucky? Uh, yeah, it actually borders Kentucky in some I, places. I, yeah. I have a, uh, a relative that lives, one lives in Kentucky, and you go the, across this little tiny bridge, uh-huh. and you're in West Virginia. And you, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. And then if you go to the other side of the bridge, you're in Ohio. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I wonder if the Mothman is the cause of the Kentucky Meat Shower. Oh, from gobbling up the dog parts? Yeah. In the sky? Yeah. Then- well, I mean, okay, I know the time frame... We're talking like the 1800s versus 1966. <laughs> Unless he can travel back in time. But I'm saying... For some reason. Some people think that, but we'll, we'll get into that too. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about, you know, we mentioned three specific sightings, but there were... The first three, yes. The first three. But there were hundreds oh, yeah. of sightings. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people chalk it up to the same thing when they talk about alien abductions and things like that, that they all come around the same time mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Maybe some kind of hysteria. But mm-hmm. there were tons of sightings going on. Yeah, between uh, 66 and 1967, you had hundreds mm-hmm. of these sightings all around those areas. Yeah. Yeah, they were all relatively the same, sort of the same description. Mm-hmm. You know, various heights and sizes and different shaped eyes and this and that but there were still reports so do we think that this was all the same creature or was it several creatures like a pack of them I, you know i don't know you know maybe somebody's just looking through a kaleidoscope they can be all <laughs> oh strange. my god we're surrounded <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's it's really bizarre but, uh, you know, just for you to have hundreds of sightings over a year's time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It, it really makes you think that this something was out there. Right. And, I mean, it could be like you were talking about with the plant mm-hmm. with all of the chemicals. Yeah. You know, possibly that spawned some sort of, you know, uh, 
bird. A mutant? A, yeah, a mutant bird. Well, you know, that's an interesting theory. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to mention was the animal sanctuary, mm-hmm. okay? There's a specific pond, okay. okay, that they found red stuff floating in, okay? Okay. Now, this red stuff, okay, was basically from chemical leakage from oh. one of the igloos. Oh. And this specific pond was pond number 13. Haha. <laughs> That's its name. Nice. Pond number 13. Calling back to our number 13 episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we will a couple more times. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, pond 13 had all this gunk in it. You had people that would go, oh, you know, I also forgot to mention with the TNT area, not just, you you know, you didn't just have lover, a lover's lane and all that. People just go out there to fish. At True. these little local ponds, they would fish, they would hunt. And apparently catch three-eyed fish and well, large they didn't necessarily, 12-foot well, birds but they, <laughs> because but of the, they, the, the, the toxic waste. Would, no, you know? they were. They were catching weird things sometimes. Yeah. Some people had reports of catching some strange things. Yeah, I wouldn't mutants. doubt it. I would not yeah. doubt it with so, all of the... I mean, in that area, you have, you know, a lot of train traffic, mm-hmm. a lot of strip mining in the 60s, where you had just natural chemicals yeah. being leached into the water sources. Now you're adding on top of that other chemical, man-made chemicals. That are, yeah, just kind of shoved into these igloos and right. just leaking out. Yeah, but I just thought that was interesting, you know, basically that they had to close down and cordon off this entire Pond 13 area because of the, mm-hmm. the chemical leakage that they found inside of it. it they, basically, it had like a red tide, you know, in it. it. You know, it just, the whole thing was red. So between November 66 and November 67, John Keel a major chronicler of the Mothman cases throughout that time, mm-hmm. pretty much talked to hundreds of people about the you know, the eyewitness stories. Some people thought that it could have been UFOs and they saw lights in the sky, and John Keel basically went to Point Pleasant and started writing all this stuff down. Yeah, he was, he was like you said, he was taking down stories, mm-hmm. talking about... They, you know, people's, you know, lights just in the sky, people's vehicles just shutting down out of nowhere. TV problems and other Mm -hmm. weird electromagnetic uh, interference that people were having with stuff. Maybe even some poltergeist, things moving around, things shaking, Mm -hmm. doors locking and unlocking, closing by themselves, strange thumps being heard in the night at homes, (laughs) inexplicable voices being heard, the screeching of terrible animals that sound like women screaming in the middle of the night exactly yeah he, he wrote those all in a book <laughs> oh, yeah dogs and cats living together <laughs> pandemonium i don't remember anything about pandas no so basically it, within that time frame hundreds and hundreds of reports uh, strange things happened all the time other reporters uh in and around point pleasant they were doing correspondence back and forth through different newspapers you know, over 500 phone calls in one day just talking about strange lights and things in the sky. So you're, you're talking all of this crazy stuff happening within, you know, basically a year or so. And then even after that, you had smatterings of reports that just continued. Also, there was, there was some other strange sightings going on about the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Now, when you have strange things going on, they these these guys have a tendency to show up in certain towns. What do you mean these guys? Like you people? The men in black. 
That's right. Now, I mean, it might have been Tommy Lee Jones and, you know. Will Smith. And Will Smith. <laughs> right. But I doubt it. But, no, yeah. But, no, I mean, even though that's kind of a joke and it came from a comic book about the same sort of thing, these men in black. Right. People were really scared of these guys. There, mm-hmm. there was a few different, basically, they're, they're men dressed in black suits. Government agents. Government agent looking kind of guys. Yes. Just black suits, black ties, white dress shirts. Ray-Bans. Yeah, and, and, you know, and caps, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Fedoras, yeah. black fedoras. So, you know, they were going around asking weird questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a woman uh, the uh, named Mary Heyer. Yeah, who, she was also a reporter. Uh-huh. She mm-hmm. was also a reporter with, that, that worked on some of these, you know, some of these uh, reports mm-hmm. uh, that they came in and asked her a, a bunch of strange questions. Basically, he came into her office. He looked vaguely oriental, she said. Mm-hmm. So basically, he had very kind of narrow eyes, kind of darker skin. Uh, he had an unidentified accent. She couldn't tell what it was. Hmm. And he was interested in, um, in uh, you know, strange things that were going on. Kind of like questions. one of your unidentified accents? Yeah. Well, I, no, I, no, I pretty much have a Baltimore accent. With, right. With the, I, I just have some branches that I can't explain. Yeah, yeah. A few no, things I'm, that I say. I mean, when you try to do an accent. Oh, yeah. It's completely yeah. unidentifiable. Yeah, it's, it's South Australian. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But yeah, she also said that he had a, um, you know, like a weird bowl cut hair, mm-hmm. you know, and... Like, uh, like uh, Johnny Ramone. <laughs> right. Yeah, just like Johnny. And he spoke very low, had a halting voice. And she also said that he had what sounded like a speech impediment. Mm-hmm. So along with a weird accent, speech impediment, weird Joy Ramone hair, you know, and the intimidating... Just a generally strange guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, the, there was a few different sightings of them just kind of going around the town. Asking questions. Asking questions, checking on things, you know, just... Just I th- I think I can't even I cannot find this report that where I read it or heard it, but somebody they said something about going into an, an office building, picking a pen out of their little pen cup, uh-huh. looking at it like it was something they had never seen before, and laughing and then running out. <laughs> like I it was this like like I can't I can't even figure out where I found that story at. Uh-huh. If I can find it, I'll put it up in the show notes. But it was killing me. I was dying laughing. I don't even understand like what. <laughs> what that was about. But, you know, but, you know, they, they said that uh, people were around. People were walking around talking to people, mm-hmm. you know. And so what was this? Was this some sort of government agent, you know, that was trying to figure it out? We do know that with, like, MK Ultra and, and, and things like that, we were into some strange stuff during, like, World War II. True. You know what I mean? We yeah. were, you know, dosing people with, you know, with uh, with LSD. We were mm-hmm. doing this automatic writing. We were and doing... this is six, 1966, so... Yeah, so this is, you know, this is quite some time afterwards, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, with the with the Cold War, we had, you know, what the, you know, the MK Ultra and all that other strange stuff. Yeah. So we know that we were into some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So if this Mothman creature was around, do you think that we would dispatch government agents to maybe figure out what it was about? Well, I think that you have a town and an area, a very wide area in general, that is reporting all this stuff in mass for months and months. People are seeing crazy stuff, lights and sounds and and all these things. The local authorities local government, local authorities, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
I think they're going to call in the next step up and the next say, tier. and say, there's something seriously going on down here. We need more help, more eyes to come check this out. And at that time, you know, the like you said, you know, we're outside of this, I don't know, this weird bubble of, you know, wartime fear and and the rise of the hippie and all these drugs and crazy stuff going on, spies and, and things. I think the government would probably take it serious and say, okay, it might not be a bird creature, but let's go check it out. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something really going on down here. Uh, some people thought it was, you know, alien. That's true. Very yeah. true, yeah. So, uh, Joe, let's get into... Some of the possibilities? Yeah, let's get into the theories. What what do we think Mothman is, was? Some people think it's still around. All right, one of my favorite ones is an airplane or a man with a flying machine. You're looking at me like, that would never happen. We had airplanes back then, Chris. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> but it's seven foot tall. Like, we didn't have drones back then. no. But you think maybe it's just a dude with a jetpack, and that's the screeching noise? It could be. Is, is that we what we're We were developing saying? stuff like that back then. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not saying it was. All right. And why it would be in Kentucky, I don't know. First idea, not in Kentucky. You're thinking about the meat shower. We're talking <laughs> about West Virginia. I meant the first one, the first sighting. You okay. know. And then we've got people who think it might have just been a hoax, like a Bigfoot or um, a Loch Ness Monster type thing, where it's it's. Somebody in a suit, somebody mm-hmm. on some strings. Running after a car at 100 miles an hour with giant <laughs> reflectors for eyes. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. it could happen. Yeah, it's like Terminator 2. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, with the, the silver clawy arms that choo-choo yeah. and get to the back of the car <laughs> and then bust out the window. Come with me if you want to live. Thunderbirds. And not the old, the old English no? puppet. TV show. Not oh, that. oh, with the yeah, that's yeah. like Team America, World Police. Yeah, yeah, was the redo kind of. Yeah, yeah. Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, I think we're probably going to have an episode about Thunderbirds all by themselves. But we're talking about Native American Thunderbirds, the gigantic, right. huge birds that mm-hmm. that people would see fly over. And basically, if you live anywhere near an airport, and we we actually record like a stone's throw from BWI mm-hmm. Airport uh, here in Baltimore. Um, so we're, we're very, very close. So you see during the day, you know, planes fly over top of you and it blocks out the sky for a minute and you just, you kind of blink and you're like, what the, and you're like, oh Mm -hmm. yeah, I live near an airport. (laughs) Exactly. But if, if you were, you know, let's talk about a native American back Mm -hmm. in the day and you had a bird, the same size as a plane fly over top of you and that had never happened to you before. That's uh, that's scary. I mean, you mm-hmm. could think it would maybe be a cloud, something like well, that. And that's the but thing. It's like it, you have, at least in the Midwest, okay, mm-hmm. you have some very large birds. Yeah. You know, you have... Uh, but I don't think we have any that are seven feet tall. Ah. There are some vultures and a, a couple of birds of prey mm-hmm. that their wingspan can get up to about seven feet long. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see that, you know, it, that's it's intimidating when you're talking. It is as big as a man, but you're but you're talking about wingspan, but, but yes. we're, we're not talking about length. You no. don't have that in length. Yes. But when you're looking at this in the sky, mm-hmm. OK, and you're trying to judge distance, speed and size, 95 percent of the time, people are 
completely off mm-hmm. when they're talking about, you know, oh, that bird's, you know, four feet long or this or that plane is this big or whatever. If you've never seen something that big and it just happens across your, your area, your town or whatever, I your perception mention- is going to be a off. Yeah, and I <laughs> want know? to mention. So uh, I, I watched this. I used to watch this show all the time called Monster Quest. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. They have a Mothman episode uh-huh. where they take cutouts of the Mothman, kind of what they think it's going to look like mm-hmm. at various sizes. They take like a two foot one and a four foot one and a six foot one, and they and they place them throughout the woods, and then they drive people through the woods. Mm-hmm. And have them write down what sizes they think these creatures are. And, of right. course, they hu- use gigantic bicycle reflectors for eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they shine, like, a spotlight on them as they drive through, and they write down, you know, what size they think they are. Mm-hmm. And they got wildly different reports See what I mean? from people. So, no, I, I totally agree with you. It, you know, it's pretty much scientifically proven that we're mm. bad at judging. <laughs> right. At height at, op- in a very quick Matter exactly. So, exactly. and I mean, of course, if you're standing to next to someone at a dinner party and you, you know, have a conversation with them, sure, you could probably say this person is about five foot ten. But know? that's completely different than seeing a bird of prey or a vulture or something like that. It's going to scare you with and, an eight foot wingspan, yeah. flying, you know, blocking out the sun, leaving a shadow on the ground that is fifteen to eighteen feet in length. Oh, you're saying the shadow is going to be a lot bigger. No, I, I but can your, get that. Your perception between the shadow that's on the ground mm-hmm. and the actual creature that is in the sky, yeah. your brain is going to pick a larger number to match that shadow. Well, not to mention that most of these sightings happen at night as well. So if Very you have true. this big creature, you know, the shadows that you're seeing, you might only even see a part of the creature because you're mm-hmm. only getting a little bit of moonlight on it. So, And again, you it, know. it plays one more card into us trying to describe accurately Mm -hmm. size, shape, you know, uh, characteristics. It kind of goes along almost with like old horror movies, okay? Mm -hmm. You remember in old horror movies, they didn't show as much and it was really left more up to the imagination. Yeah, it's like lingerie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you only see a part of some sort of creature or mutant bird or whatever it is Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night and it flies past you, you know, you only see a little bit of it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, your brain fills in those spaces and exactly. it makes it, a, makes it a lot more scary. Yeah. So what else do we think that Mothman could possibly be? Angels. Like weeping angels from <laughs> Doctor Who? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, like an actual, according to some kind of book, angel. Okay. With big red eyes. Uh, maybe. Maybe I mean, she was crying. Reversely, couldn't it be a devil? It very well could be, yeah. Because, you know, angels were, uh, or rather, devils were angels at one point. Right. And fallen, of Mm -hmm. course, you know, with the first fallen. Fallen from grace. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be an angel, maybe a devil. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But with wings? I mean, devils usually have bat wings. No, no. they just the the books tell you. They change from, okay, we we all know. I'm just saying. We all know that devils don't really have bat wings, okay? (laughs) Devils were angels. They had white wings. When they turn bad, their wings go black. We all know that. Is that how it works? That's that's how it works. We all know it. They dye them black in their river of sorrow or something. I don't know. I'm literally making all of this up. Emo is hell. (laughs) 
they dye their wings in the river of sticks, mm-hmm. I think. The river of sticks? The river sticks. No, the river sticks, not yeah. a river full of sticks. What? I mean, it could be either. <laughs> then we've got things like mutant birds, like we were talking about, with the toxic waste sort of munitions dump. With a Pond 13, yeah. Right. Basically, people, you know, some people have thought that maybe there was some sort of like Hulk bird you know, <laughs> that, that got in, you know, that got into the stuff. Like, that, yeah, it was just sucking on it like steroids. Yeah, just they were, beefed out and was yeah. like, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's one of the theories. Oh, you know, a seven-foot-tall, like, like hulked-out, red-eyed bird. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, and, of course, you have, you know, any type of flying creature uh, has been thought to maybe the uh, the Mothman. Owls, mm-hmm. some great barn owls and other owls are pretty damn big. Okay, so let's let's talk about, let's get into this a little bit, okay? okay? Um, one of the things that uh, they were discussing, saying that the, the one of the birds that it could be is the Sandhill Crane. The Sandhill Crane has a very large wingspan going from maybe five foot three inches all the way up to about six feet. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's, it has a huge, huge wingspan. Mm-hmm. So it's also a dark gray, okay? Dark grayish brown. Right. Okay. At night, that would be, you know, very dark brown. Yeah, and people, a black. lot of people said that, you know, the, the, the Mothman creature was that kind of brownish, grayish color. Mm-hmm. So that's, that just seems very, you know, it, it seems very, very... Apt. Cohesive, yeah, apt. Yeah. That it could be, that it could be the Sandhill Crane. Mm-hmm. Um, now... Also, uh, it could be what they call the barred owl. Now, you you had said barn, B-A-R-N owl. Yes. Now, the barn owl is a quite a bit different looking than the barred owl. Yes, but I'm I'm also these are you know one of many, and and we're also talking at night. Most of these sightings were at night. I'm trying to pick out any large owls within that territory. And other large birds that might fit the bill, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying, like the the barn owl does live in North America, but the mm-hmm. barred owl specifically. Do they have a loot? No, no. no. They're, they're <laughs> actually because they have um, they have a white feathers as well as as uh, as brown feathers. Okay. So they're white and brown feathers and they kind of go across their chest in bars. Okay. So that's why they're the barred owl. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been breeding with quite a few spotted owls, so they start going a little bit more gray when they do that. I thought you weren't supposed to mix spots and stripes. Well, uh, I mean, in <laughs> nature, you can do what you want, <laughs> you can man. do what you want, just yeah. they don't care about fashion. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm just, I'm just saying you... you the barred owl also has a tendency to be quite a big, a bit larger mm-hmm. than your barn than your owl. Typical barn owl. Yeah, so okay. it's a larger owl, and you know it, 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 it's been known to grab hats off of people's heads mm-hmm. uh, and, and different things. One of the other things that I wanted to mention about the barred owl and owls in general is their eye shine. Yes. Now we we were kind of talking a little bit about eye shine, and then we were like, "Let's stop it, save it for the podcast." <laughs> so we'll we'll get into it a little bit. Eye shine is a specific uh, is is specifically the way that creatures that hunt at night, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the they can see better. Now, right, they pull in all of that limited light 
that mm-hmm. is available at night. Uh, their corneas expand a heck of a lot more than ours, allow a lot more light in that ours are able to do that. And they have a certain uh, organ within their eye. But the cool thing is, and the scary thing, if you ever see it, is if you actually shine light directly at an animal that has that film on their eye, you get this weird glowing reflection or refraction of light. Now, basically what it is, is they have that reflector. It's on the backside of their eye. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, just like you had said, uh, light bounces in, Uh and it kind of bounces around the inside of their eyeball and so they can see better. Right. So, you know, you you get more reflection, Mm -hmm. you know, just like we were talking about the bicycle reflectors. Yep. So even if this Mothman creature, okay, wasn't an actual owl, but it just had the same... Uh, adaptive, you know, trait where it could shine. I mean, possibly it just, that's what, you know, that's what it was doing when well, something was shining against exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, uh, deer, owls, foxes, pretty much any kind of creature you'll see at night has this ability. Cats. You're, you're right. Yeah. Most, most nocturnal creatures have this ability. Yes. So I just kind of wanted to mention, we have different eye shines for different creatures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Foxes and rabbits generally glow red mm-hmm. okay felines generally show like a green a greenish shine raccoons mm-hmm. have a yellowish eye shine bullfrogs show a green most owls are red uh as, as well deer are kind of like greenish as well right right so uh but the strangest thing we're talking about all these creatures owls are red let mm-hmm. me say that again Owl shine is red. <laughs> red. So, you know, this creature, to me, looks the most like an owl. It doesn't have a neck. It has that, huge yeah. eyes, which the barred owl that lives in that area mm-hmm. has gigantic eyes, a very large wingspan of about four feet. Okay. okay. Which could be easily misconstrued to eight. Too much larger. <laughs> yeah. So, to me, the if, if we're talking... I wouldn't say scientifically, but the most rational, logical, logical thing that this right. could be. A lot of people say the sandhill crane, but they have more of like a snake neck, okay? Yeah, like a crane, crane does. Yeah, it's a crane. To me, they talk about this this creature, the the the, the Mothman, has no neck, kind of big stubby. giant eyes. Yeah, kind of a stubby neck. Mm-hmm. You know, big huge wings. The barred owl is what I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was just listening. Uh, to another podcast, I think it's called Criminal, mm-hmm. uh, where they were talking about uh, there's a guy who thinks an owl mm-hmm. had raked the back of someone's head and killed them. Okay. So and and the husband Plausible. is yeah, yeah and the husband is actually going yeah you should listen to that episode if you get a chance I think it's their second episode mm-hmm. but it was a good episode but I was thinking about it because we were about to record Mothman yeah so you know they do they grab people they attack people they come after people they will eat small animals they they eat small animals I don't know if they're going to necessarily go after dogs but if depends they depends on how big that dog was. that's what I'm saying if they attack people and they mm-hmm. grab people's hats you know it's a very good possibility very true and you're talking November. Okay, 1966, November, getting cold, mm-hmm. you know, in West Virginia. They're, they're looking gonna, to bulk up for the winter. They're going to eat you know? whatever they possibly can, you know, rabbit, dog, cat. I also want to mention that we had a gigantic white Arctic owl mm-hmm. last year, last winter, 
around our area in, you know, right around Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it. We saw it catch up several rabbits, you know, during the time. And we're in a suburban area where I live, just right outside of Baltimore. Right. So it's not like I live in like a very rural part. Yeah, you don't it's live not. in the sticks. No. I don't. You know, I live pretty close to the Baltimore line. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, you have, you know, depending on how cold it was, you know, maybe there you had an Arctic owl coming down. You mm-hmm. know, of course, they're extremely white, you know, look yeah. a little bit more like angels. Yeah. You know, but uh, they feel like devils when they snatch you <laughs> up, you know. So one of the other, I would say, the more of the strange end of the theories is aliens. Okay. Never okay. mind. I'm changing it. It's not an owl. It's now aliens. I believe it. Because you you have these... At least I want to believe. (laughs) All right, Mulder. Uh, (laughs) You have these reports with, you know, electrical malfunctions, TV malfunctions, lights flickering, lights in the skies, all these types of things that your average owl is not going to to be a part of, unless you're talking like the secret of NIM, and, you know, it's one of those kind of you know, weird owls that knows how to use electricity and stuff. You're losing me. I haven't watched that movie since I was probably like 10 years old. But anyway. It's awesome. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, people thought there were aliens. Along with the the Men in Black situation that was happening and all of these other reports with the lights in the sky and stuff, it kind of morphed into this, the mythos of the Mothman. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people started reporting well, the, like the men in black are typically known to come around after alien sightings now. So, but in 1966, mm-hmm. yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, all of this happened within like a year or two, where first it was unknown winged creature, then it was possibly mutated creatures, or this or that, or a hoax, or. Aliens? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, okay. So the idea, as as uh, Keen, I believe, tried to put it out there, mm-hmm. was that if this thing was some sort of an alien or some sort of being which was not on our plane of existence, right? Okay, it's the idea that our time mm-hmm. to us is linear. Yes. Okay. However, to someone who is not in our plane of existence, it might be flat. As mm-hmm. if it was on a record. Okay. So it's just sort of going around and around on a record. Mm-hmm. So it's flat, okay? So in order for someone to see something that's happening in one of the grooves, all they have to do is stand over the record and look down and maybe put their finger down and try to tell you something, mm-hmm. okay? So it's the idea that, you know, maybe this being was there to tell you of possibly an upcoming tragedy, was trying to, you know, you know, you are getting scared, but maybe it's someone trying to tell you something. Somebody right, something trying of to, importance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, during Keene's reporting, he also received a bunch of mysterious phone calls mm-hmm. from a, a person that called themselves Indrid Cold. Yes. And... The, you know, uh, Keen basically said that it seemed like cold, injured cold, was telepathic mm-hmm. and seemed to know things that shouldn't be known. Again, no internet in 1966. So how could he find out this material about Keen or 
possible calamities that are going to happen, which is what ended up happening. Uh, Injured Cold reported to Keen that there was going to be a, a serious accident. Now, Cold also showed up a few days before our original sighting of Mothman. Mm -hmm. This happened November 2nd in 1966 to a gentleman named Woodrow Denberger. He was a salesman for a sewing machine company. He was returning from Marietta, Ohio to his home in Mineral Hills. It happened on I-77 somewhere near Parksburg, West Virginia. A vehicle flew up to him that he described looking like the chimney of an oil lamp. So you know that kind of weird sweeping sort of like Aladdin's lamp, just the front part of it? He said that that's what it looked like. And it was also, get this, floating six inches off the ground. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the vehicle came up to him, flew past him, and then crossed both lanes in front of him, gradually making him come and slow to a stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, somebody came out of one of the doors on the vehicle, the Aladdin's lamp vehicle, <laughs> and a loud funk happened. Seconds later, he came up to the vehicle and had told Mr. Denberger that his name was just Cold. Hmm. That was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds very much like Indrand Cold. Uh-huh. So, uh, and he was basically asking him a few questions, like, what is that over there? And he said, oh, that's uh, Parksburg, you know, it's, you know, and he said, well, do people live there? He said, no, it's Parksburg. It's more of like a place of business. Uh, we're, We're kind of on the outskirts of town. And they went and kind of had a conversation. And he had said that he felt like during this conversation that maybe they weren't actually talking, Mm -hmm. but more, you know, of just sort of having a conversation in their heads Mm -hmm. Uh, after the conversation was over uh, the gentleman named cold got back into his vehicle with a thunk and then the vehicle sped away into the cold november night Hmm. so it's really strange that uh so not only one time that this guy showed up but eventually he wound up talking to keel right but that also was not an, a, a personal meeting. He wound up talking with him on the phone. This happened to be a very personal meeting with uh, Cold. So then in December 15th, 1967. Just want to mention this is 13 months after the very first sighting of Mothman. Mm-hmm. A 700-foot bridge that linked Point Pleasant to Ohio suddenly collapsed with a whole rush hour full of cars on top of this bridge. A lot of people said at the time, as it was collapsing and around the time that they had possibly seen Mothman in the skies above the bridge. Mm-hmm. So 46 people were killed. It was the worst you know, highway tragedy at that time. Yeah, yeah. So out of the 46 people that were killed, two of them were never found. And the other 44 are buried together in the town cemetery at Gallipolis, Ohio. On that same night, the Lilly family, who still lived near that old TNT plant, counted more than 12 lights flashing in the sky above their home and vanishing into the forest. So, you know what I mean? Like, you're talking all of these weird coincidences or weird sightings. And, and weird, horrible accidents happening. 
like all around the same time. You had a lot of strange things, a lot of strange sightings. A lot of people say that the, you know, the Mothman sightings really have nothing to do with the tragedy on the Point Pleasant Bridge. Right. Uh, that it just was coincidence that it happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that it was Keel in his book that put it all together as a as a whole, whole cohesive story. As a narrative. Yes. So... You know, you can you can read as many books as you'd like, mm-hmm. you know, and go into it. I've put a lot of videos on the show notes, yeah. you know, to, for you to try and see whether they, they have a connection or not. Mm-hmm. But it was Keel that really was the person who put it together as a, like you said, as a cohesive story. Right. So it, it feels very much like like the the Blair Witch, mm-hmm. you know, where where people heard some stories about, you know old witches and stuff like that, and they pick the place. They, or they, they shoehorn something into it. It's kind of like when we talked about Bloody Mary. Yeah. There's a Bloody Mary in almost every single state. Yeah, You know what I exactly. mean? There's a Black Aggie. You know, whatever you want to call it, there's there's similar things. This, this Mothman, it might be kind of like the new... Or a newer urban newer. legend, yeah. you know, or, or cryptozoological creature. Mm-hmm. You know, you may think it exists, you may think it doesn't, mm-hmm. but you know, there there is some there is definitely some weird happenings around that time. So after the bridge tragedy happened, they also found out that the eye bolt that broke, it had a very hairline crack in it from yeah. the manufacturing process. Okay. It happened to be the thirteenth eye bolt hmm. that cracked, broke, and that's when the bridge went down, killing the forty seven people. Nice. So, for, uh, 46, excuse 46, me. 46, yeah. So, uh, you know, I just thought that that was very strange. We have mm-hmm. quite a few 13s going on in this whole story. Oh, yes, we do. So. You guys should listen to that episode. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, there was a Shawnee leader by the name of Cornstalk. I'm going to try and give this pronunciation proper uh, due, but it was ki and that basically means cornstalk is the translation. Mm-hmm. It was uh, in 1774. Uh, he basically had a, a whole bunch of battles with. Uh, he he was basically the he was the tribesman for the Shawnee. He was the chief, the elder. Okay, the yeah. the general. Yeah, you know, General Cornstalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he was the elder. He was, he, you know, he was uh, he was a, a very good fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a, a good negotiator. Mm-hmm. Okay, he he was basically trying to stop the war okay. that was happening. You know, he was he was fighting with people, you know, all the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with militiamen and things like that. You had, you know, some frontiersmen, you yeah. know, back then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all this fighting was happening, and he had uh, talked with uh, a few different, uh, like, uh, he talked to Captain Arbuckle, who commanded uh, a garrison that was nearby, and he was basically trying to quit the the fighting okay make peace yeah to, to yeah. make peace you know you had the civil war going on at that time now um basically what happened was he went to negotiate with uh with captain arbuckle okay okay uh he went back to his garrison and he was held in some stocks okay okay during that time uh basically he was when he was there, he wa- he wasn't necessarily their prisoner. He was there to discuss with them, but it was him and his son were mm-hmm. both there. 
at the time you had a a, a hunting party mm-hmm. that came across some Shawnee warriors, and they were basically one of them were was basically killed. Okay? Oh, okay, because they were kind of fighting over land. It was a land grab. Yeah, okay? of course. When they had come back, a few of them had been drinking. They were discussing with Captain Arbuckle. They were kind of getting mad, and basically they killed, they they, they killed uh, Cornst- Cornstalk, Chief mm. Cornstalk. Also, his son tried to run and hide up a chimney in one of the cabins mm-hmm. and was also pulled down and, and slaughtered, mm. okay? Now, what they say is that with Cornstalk's dying words, mm-hmm. he put a curse on the land for mm. the next 200 years. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that this Mothman creature has something to do with Cornstalk's curse. Okay. And people in the area uh, of Point Pleasant, when they discuss... Bad things that happened to them because there's been lots of chemical leaks. There's been the terrible bridge tragedy. There's just been lots of crazy things that have happened because mm-hmm. they, they live kind of up in the mountains. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, they blame it on Cornstalk's curse. Huh. So uh, that is another possibility for the Mothman, what yeah. the Mothman might be. He might be a cursed creature. Mm. So, or General Cornstalk or, uh, you know, Chief Cornstalk himself. Wow. He basically was the, he was the leader of the entire Shawnee nation in in the area. In that area, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he had like he had I think something like five hundred warriors wow. under his control. So whatever you may think of all of this information and possible uh, answers or or creatures or beings or whatever, the area of Point Pleasant since all of this has happened and over the years they still have sightings. They now actually have an annual festival donated specifically to the myth of the Mothman. I also want to mention that uh, in September of 2014 was the 13th year of the Mothman Festival. <laughs> We're not doing the 13th episode again. Well, I know, I know. I know. But, but it no, is so very coincidental it is. <laughs> that there's a lot of 13 in this. Um but that was last September, and we are sadly now recording this in November. Mm-hmm. So we missed the festival. So we're just going to have to go next year. Yeah. So which I'm I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to have my black outfit all mm-hmm. ready to go. <laughs> are you going to get some uh, some bicycle reflectors? Yeah, I think I'll just get some like goggles or something. You yeah, know? some I red goggles, paint them reflective or something like that. So uh, in the area of Point Pleasant, you know, you have the Mothman Festival. Of course, you have, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, funnel cakes and things like that. But you also have men in black that wander around the town. (laughs) Nice. You know. But uh, this is all centered around the giant Mothman statue. Yeah, it's like 12 foot tall metallic statue uh, created by an artist and sculptor, Bob Roach. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was unveiled in 2003. And the Mothman Museum and Research Center opened in 2005. And, yeah, it's, the, the festival is like a weekend-long event. And it's on every third weekend of every September, which is weird. I'm not sure why it wouldn't be in November. Because the, the first... I agree with you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I agree with like, you. Why wouldn't it the be in November? The first sightings would be in November. It should be. But September is a little warmer. True. You know what I mean? I would rather it be in November so that we could go. Right. Yeah, Because I I wish it was coming this weekend so we Uh could go. So they would have, you know, guest speakers, tons of vendors and exhibits. Uh, Apparently they make something called a a Mothman pancake. 
Uh, and there's an eating contest for that. Hay rides. Uh, I want a Mothman pancake. Yeah, I know. Me too. I hope there's not real moths in it. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it's weird. Like, uh, I do have family that live in that area mm-hmm. of, you know, Kentucky and, and West Virginia and stuff. They have Luna moths down there. Oh, the big ones. They're huge. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't carry anything away, but... They are massive. They are massive a very large moths. Moth. Yeah. So maybe next year we can actually plan a trip to go down for this festival. I think we definitely should. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Let's let's put it all together. Uh-huh. Let's get uh let's get some people and we'll we'll all go. Did you did you see the sa- the statue? The I pictures? did. I did. In fact, I have that up on our show notes. Uh, from Roadside America, mm. one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, and uh, the uh, websites, and also. They mention that you can buy replicas of the monster for twenty five dollars at the gas station next to the Shoney's. (laughs) Next to the Shoney's. So I plan on going there and getting a replica of the Mothman statue. Okay. If they have them at the Shoney's, then sure. (laughs) So for this being a rather new. cryptozoological creature. I don't know how new it is, man. You're talking uh, 66? That's pretty new in the annals of, of cryptozoological stuff. Pretty I would new. say, I would say, you know, the chupacabra would be even newer than that. Mm. Yes, yes. So, But along that timeline, it's relatively new. Okay, I'll go with that. Relatively. Uh, you're not talking the Loch Ness, who has been reported for thousands and thousands of years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is a newer creature has it been thousands of years for the last possibly <laughs> maybe like a hundred or two <laughs> okay. years All but right. no people well, obviously you're going to need to study for our Loch Ness yeah uh, no our... but there are ancient <laughs> myths about uh you know sea demons and yeah. sea creatures mm-hmm. and stuff the kraken in, in around Europe and and mm-hmm. and the coast and here there like be that. monsters exactly. Mm-hmm. This is relatively new compared to a sea creature or a, you know a kraken type creature, but it's it's permeated uh, in pop culture, especially mm-hmm. I mean in and around that area. Yes, but even in national media, uh, like we were teasing earlier about Mulder, it's been in X Files. It's been in. Uh, Video games, Castlevania. Was it really? Yes, it was. A Mothman? Yeah, uh, Dawn of Sorrow. Mothman is one of three cryptozoological-based monsters along with the Yeti and the flying humanoid in that Castlevania game. I don't know what a flying humanoid is. I, I mean... Yeah, it's some creature. Something. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's, it's what it's called in the game. Gotcha. Well, I, I think it's also strange that there are some people, and I don't know whether we're talking photoshopped pictures or what we're talking about, but some people said that they saw some kind of a creature during September 11th, 2001 in New York City when the Twin Towers were hit. Seriously? Yes. I've seen some pictures of it. I can't tell you whether they're photoshopped because I don't really use Photoshop. <laughs> but I mean, there were some weird pictures. It could have just been a bird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very, very blurry right so um some people said in 2001 there was a creature also in sedalia missouri uh in camden maine that was sighted that looked like mothman in 2002 in san diego in 2003 a mothman was reported in 
or Baza Veracruz, Mexico. Hmm. I mean, all the way up, you know, I, I, I found one in 2005, 2006 in Washington County, uh, Pennsylvania, and San Marcos, California. Some in 2006, Mothman sightings in Mexico, Canada, England, Port, uh, Portland, uh, Argentina, Brazil, Russia, and all across the United States. So is this just becoming... A, a new thing is this becoming the new Bloody Mary? You know what I mean. I think that people so. just see these Mothman sightings, or or is this creature actually showing up? You know, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of both, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I was telling you, we've got all these movies. There, there's the actual movie that that we both watched with uh, Richard Gere. Uh-huh. Rear. There was, and and that was a little. Okay. It was the, what, 90s? Yeah. 90s. It was like 91. It I was, think. man, it was trying to be Flatliners. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Amazing movie. Shot really well. This felt like it was trying to be Flatliners with some sort of like, some kind of weirdness thrown on top. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And it, meh. I also watched a, a horror movie called Mothman. That was set uh, in a little town. Is that, that sci-fi? It was like a sci-fi, like kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a made-for-TV kind of movie, mm-hmm. and it was god awful. Um, I, I mean, you know, it, it, I couldn't get through most of it. Yeah. So I had to fast forward through it. Yeah. Um, I also watched a documentary called Eyes of the Mothman, and mm-hmm. that is on streaming on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I uh, it was good. Really? It was really good. It was like a two and a half hour long documentary, nice. and I enjoyed every little bit of it. Cool. So, I mean, yeah, it's in Italian hardcore punk bands dedicated a song about Mothman. Uh, Japanese manga, there's a character called Mothman. Mm-hmm. Mothman is kind of permeated his way into pop culture. And yeah. he's still being cited, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I always thought it was the guy from The Tick. A little fat guy in the the moth suit. Oh, uh, isn't uh, what is Arthur? Arthur. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't he even a have moth, a name, but he has a moth just, suit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's got to be Arthur from the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Spoon. topics that you want us to cover, anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about, email us feedback at thecurioso.com. Our Facebook, facebook.com backslash thecuriosopodcast. We tweet at curiosopodcast. And if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on iTunes, please feel free. Drop the mic and walk away. Yep. Sexual chocolate.